0: Hey everyone. Welcome to the Ashley Barlow Company podcast. I'm Ashley Barlow, your host. If you are a parent, a teacher or someone who works at a school, or you're a community member, a volunteer or a staff member at an organization that supports people with special education plans, a coach, a tutor, or even a grandparent, you're in the right place. Sit back with an ice cold glass of lemonade, put on your walking shoes and grab some headphones, roll down the windows and cruise. Ready, set, go. Educate, advocate, collaborate. Hi, Katie. Hello. You guys, Katie and I are best friends already. (laughs) It's going to be fun. We're going to buy a Volkswagen bus or just move Penny back out to California and we're going to live in it. So this I think that needs to happen. Yes, it needs to happen. (laughs) Uh, Okay, I cannot wait to chat with you. Katie and I have maybe had this on the books, three, seven, eighteen I times. I know. was thinking about <laughs> that too. We're, we're busy people and we've all dealt with a lot of illness in the little last little mm-hmm. bit. So I'm so appreciative that you're here and that you can share your wisdom and expertise with my audience. Why don't you do just a quick little introduction? So,
1: well, thank you for your flexibility and having me. Mm-hmm. So it's awesome to actually connect with you and to have these conversations. Uh, so my name is Katie LaRue. I am the uh, founder of Assistive Technology for Dyslexia. I'm from New Jersey and I live in San Diego, California now, hence the VW bus. Um, and yes, I started as a special education classroom teacher and then went on um, to get additional certifications with or in gillingham and assistive technology went on to become an assistive technology specialist for k-12 school district absolutely loved working with students from elementary middle school to high school and i'm a mom i have a where we have a little five-year-old and a two-year-old and yeah we have lots of fun exploring the southern california area and uh yeah great
0: to love. be here now you know why i love katie so much i think everybody oh. all of my podcast listeners get a little tired of my love for uh the sun and the surf and we go to key west a lot katie and then, oh,
1: i've never been it's on my list uh,
0: well you should come down we'll, yeah. we'll we'll do an exchange i'll come okay. to you <laughs> and you can come to see me that sounds good um, yeah yeah so, you guys, Katie presented at the conference last year, and I think that I had followed Katie for a few years prior to that. Um, and I think that her insight and help in the area of assistive technology um, is so important. And Katie, I, um, I don't know if you know this, but I actually got trained in OG this time I last do.
1: year. I do. I do. I love seeing that. So, that is awesome. And the more people doing Orton Gillingham is just awesome. So...
0: It is, and I think like so. That's why, and and then like there's little rabbit holes that we can go down when Mm -hmm. we think about O G. So I'm I'm super curious about how assistive technology, AT, and Mm -hmm. reading kind of go together. Like, can you? Some people might be like, "Wait, why would I want assistive technology for dyslexia?" Kind of get us started there.
1: Okay, so. I love that you actually bring this up because I don't always get to talk about this. So thinking the best way I can kind of start with is going back to my classroom experience. I, When I was a custom special education teacher, I was teaching a resource room. I had teaching in a resource room, teaching in in class support settings, co-teaching settings. So I had an incredible director and they basically said, try to get as many certifications as possible. So I went on to get the Orton-Gillingham certification and and I started utilizing the, you know, the approach within my classroom, which was great. And I could then incorporate that when working with the students. Then once we went into the or the larger group class setting and, you know, the students were being asked, okay, let's read a chapter from the social studies book. Or we have this worksheet in front of us and they would call, I was Miss Didia at the time. Miss Didia, can you kind of move over and read these directions to me? Or can you read this? word problem. And I would try to incorporate the OG strategies and try to, okay, let's, you know, fingerspell, let's look at the multisyllabic words. Let's talk about the root word, you know, utilizing that approach, but then making sure that they had access to be able to complete the curriculum and to access the curriculum. So then what you can, the
0: cold, sorry. Oh, <laughs> no, you know, a perfectly imperfect around here. So, okay. Those of of, of you that, you know, are watching on YouTube, you'll also see that the two sides of my face are totally different (laughs) sides because I'm halfway into a root canal that, you know, obviously has to take two appointments. So cough away, Katie. Okay. Okay. Thank you.
1: So, yeah, I'm thinking about students having access to the curriculum and being able to read that chapter or read that worksheet independently. So then I started to explore assistive technology, and assistive technology provides access to curriculum. So one of the other things I like to say is assistive technology provides access to the curriculum, but it doesn't replace the curriculum. So I work with a lot of families, and, you know, the concern is about um, not wanting to give up handwriting, not wanting to give up the reading instruction, the writing instruction, and I would not recommend doing that at all. Oh, like yeah. still work on the building those skills, building that foundation, uh, reinforcing those strategies and thinking of assistive technology as a toolkit or as a tool to add to your toolkit.
0: Yeah, it's like the difference between specially designed instruction and accommodations. So we still are working on accommodation or on specially designed instruction. We are still working, building the foundational reading skills or whatever we need to work on, so reading comprehension or whatever. But in order to access the rest of the curriculum, assistive technology can help, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think that's really cool. What are then, I think the next kind of natural question, oh, but before that, I wanna say, I, I just have like an aside. We're gonna talk about like implementation, right? Like what mm-hmm. are some tools and how do we implement them? Um, Cause I think that's the next natural question. But one thing I was going to say is I was talking recently to a college student uh, who has dyslexia and um, he also has ADHD. And I was saying to him that I listen. It was, I like Audible a lot.
1: The reason I like to listen to
0: books on tape is because they distract me just enough that I get started on something. So like, even, you know, I might look at a pile of laundry and be like, I'll do that later i'll do that later but if i'm just distracted enough by a book then it's like oh i can listen to the book and be doing something and mm-hmm. also put away the laundry um but the problem was that i am listening to a book with a plot instead of a memoir and i'm also reading a <laughs> book with a plot and i am incapable and i'm like wait a minute doesn't he, doesn't he play basketball but that's in the other book i'm very confused and this kid said young adult he said Oh, I do. I listen to a book when I do everything. He listens to a book while he studies, and somehow he can take in mechanical engineering and also the book, which wow. is so cool from like an ADHD profile wow. standpoint. And I love this kid a lot, and so I was you like, are. I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> Maybe try the TV, uh, but. My point here is also assistive technology can be so helpful in like everyday life, kind yes. of way. Yes, absolutely. And there's so many different forms of assistive
1: technology. And one thing, too, is thinking about like a UDL approach. So, UDL being universal design for learning. And when we think about the way in which we're providing, you know, if we're asking everybody to do something, if we start with making it accessible for all students, that can be beneficial for all students. And when we're thinking about assistive technology too, like a lot of times when I'm talking with teachers or you know parents and thinking about, okay, what are the areas that are challenging for your child? And what are the areas that could need additional support? And those tools could be tools that many other students are also utilizing as well. But for your child or for that student, that might be the tool that they require to access the curriculum.
0: And it also I mean, might I not mean, have anything to do with their educational profile. So the question right. I think about is if we do that tier one universal design kind mm-hmm. of model. So tier one, whole group instruction. If at the very beginning we say we're gonna read of mice and men, and you can access it in these ways paper book, audio mm-hmm. book. Who wants a paper book? Who wants an audiobook? Who wants both? Arguably maybe everybody should have both. But you know, then you've got the field hockey player who drives from, yep. you know, the, Orange County to San Diego because that's where their team is. And they've got an hour and a half commute every day. Well, yes, they don't have dyslexia. The reading is not a challenge for them. But mm-hmm. now they can utilize that time more wisely or, you know, anything. And I think that raises a really good point with the UDL because my experience as a special education attorney is that so many kids are kept out of inclusive environments because of reading. And it doesn't have to be that way because reading can be accessible in so many different ways, right? Absolutely.
1: And I mean, when we're thinking about that curriculum and, you know, when parents are sharing to me, like, let's say their child has difficulty completing a math workbook. Like, okay, do you have a digital form of that workbook? Because if you do, then we can utilize the ability to annotate on a PDF and you can dictate your responses, or you could have that word problem read to you. If you don't, then we need to go down another um, path, which sometimes can be a lot more work and a lot more time for teachers, for parents, for the student. So, you know, kind of starting with that UDL approach can be beneficial for all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm very, very, very happy that you suggested that. So, Then what you say, like there's lots of different forms of assistive technology, particularly in the area of reading. Hit us with some. I mean, I think we all think about talk to text and text to talk, but there's so Mm -hmm. much more, right? Yes,
1: absolutely. And even within those supports, like the text to speech or speech to text, really thinking about what works best for the student. And I la- I find a lot of times students will say I don't like to listen to books because it sounds like a computer or the voice is not you know very enjoyable to listen to. So even taking the time to find a- the settings or to find different voices that are not as computer generated that might be more human like. So that even within your ways,
0: do you, do you use ways you can like I have husband, used it, I have used it. Yes, <laughs> my husband has boy band, and so it goes. Turn, run, hang. I did not know it had that feature. I think I might need to check out that update. It's so fun. I'm sorry I interrupted. That's no, I love it. I'm also pain medication, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, carry on. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? Okay. One other thing, though, is that is, it's work. There's work on the outside yes. of all of this stuff. Yes. But just like in, in work, you know how when you like automate a workflow in, mm-hmm. in work, like, Oh, the email is going to say this. And then there's going to be like a little reminder email. If I haven't gotten a response and this reminder email in 48 hours, it takes work. But yep. Man, it makes your life so much better. So AT takes work, but man, it takes it. It makes your life so much better.
1: And Here so and that I think is so important to talk about, too, because a lot of times students might abandon the technology because, OK, let's say you're in an IEP meeting and you get that assistive technology added to the IEP. And then you start to implement it and then the student doesn't like it. And then the team might feel that, okay, well, we tried it. And that hopefully is the case, Nor know, where you tried it. However, it might also be how it was implemented. So, you know, thinking about the text to speech, we're thinking about the speed, you know, how fast is it being read to the student? Is it slow enough? Is it fast enough? The voices, thinking about the text size, even changing the contrast can sometimes be helpful. What device are they using? Are they using something that's portable or are they using something that they have to be at a desk? And speech to text, sometimes they get frustrated because it doesn't recognize what they're saying. So, you know, again, that might be a reason that they don't want to utilize the tool, but thinking about the background noise, thinking about having a microphone to be able to increase the accuracy, thinking about the tools and the layers that can kind of be added onto the different supports. But going on, uh, word prediction, word prediction is another really helpful one. Even within word prediction, there's different levels of word prediction. So for students that struggle with spelling to have something that is more robust and can recognize the phonetic spellings and try to predict what they're saying based on that spelling. Mm -hmm. But then also having the ability to listen to the words being read back to them so they don't just pick something that's visually similar. So that confirmation, again, thinking about with Orton Gillingham, having a multisensory approach, then even with our tools, we can have a multisensory approach. So we can can listen to it, we can see it, we can type it out. So thinking about the tools and the ways in which we're utilizing the tools.
0: Well, and yes, and I'm happy that you mentioned the predictive text as well, because sometimes it's a matter of students only having so much energy you know i I put this on my stories yesterday and i think it applies to to so many kids i mean the, the rate of comorbidity with adhd and specific learning disabilities is pretty significant so you know if you are dysregulated because of adhd like you know your proprioception driving you crazy or you're having a hard time focusing or weeding out background noise or light or whatever it is. Um your body is going to have a hard time coming up with other things. And for a lot of kids with ADHD, it's coming up with the words. They don't have the Uh like the 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 wherewithal to come up with the words. And sometimes like they want to break and they and they got a gym teacher. My son and I are watching Glee and they've got that (laughs) terrible gym teacher. Is their teacher. Well, that person's gonna trigger you and you're gonna lose all of your coping skills. But if we had a break card, we could just hold up the break card. And then if we want to come away from the break card, then predictive text can be like I. The cool thing about predictive text is it starts to recognize the things that you like to talk about or the things that you whatever. So the next word's probably gonna be need. And then it's gonna be a break. And so then we can start to try to communicate. And and get ourselves those skills and tools. I think that's a cool thing too, Katie. When the when the assistive technology becomes a part of the actual learning, goes yes. yes. from accommodation to learning too, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, like you said, I mean, it takes work. So even thinking about something like that, just taking the time and figuring it out, and really having a collaborative approach, so that the student really feels part of the process because. Thinking about what's working for you, what's not working for you. You know, are the teachers comfortable with the technology? Are the parents comfortable with technology and the tools? And thinking about what do they look like in different settings, like as you mentioned, being in the car. Uh, a lot of students, you know, going to different activities and thinking about, or for siblings too. You know, depending on what your after-school activities look like, and um, making yeah. sure that it's accessible.
0: And, you know, I mean, the other piece to this is that dyslexia is a language-based disorder. And so when we think language, we also think communication. So how how does communication come into this conversation?
1: Well, thinking about the way in which we're communicating, you know, what's the form? Are we communicating through our writing? Are we communicating through handwriting or through, are we typing out responses? And then thinking about the process of writing. And, you know, the way in which you communicate can look different. It could be visual you know, and thinking about different ways we can represent that communication and thinking about the student's strengths. You know, are they artistic? Do they enjoy communicating through, you know, different forms of expression? So thinking about the student and what's working best for them and to be able to provide opportunities to exhibit those strengths. So that's one thing I love with the AT is that you can do so many different things with it. You can have students utilize like graphic organizers for example for the brainstorming and that could be something that is very visual and that can help to you know organize their thoughts but then also support them throughout the writing process
0: you know i think like that's a really good point there are so many things that my team here at ashley barlow company sends me that like rachel my creative director likes to use google docs I don't like Google Docs. I prefer, you know, like an Excel spreadsheet. And so, like, if I had dyslexia and I had, you know, this, like, the way that I took in information visually was different because of a neurological difference, I would, that might bother me more than it does, right? More than it bothers me. And so, like, He'll lean different things. I mean I'm a 45 year old woman that has had a lot of life experiences and can say, I just don't like it I don't like mm-hmm. it I just yep. don't like it I'm gonna do this and then I'll convert it to a Google Doc for you. But for students, it's okay to want to trial and the point is is that it's 2023. There are a thousand different ways to access a spreadsheet or a chart or a fillable document or an editable document. And so if one thing doesn't work, it doesn't mean that like technology doesn't work. It means we can go on to the next thing, right? And sometimes I think in advocacy, if we make that parallel, then we get it. Because, you know, it's really easy to be like, well, that didn't work, Back to paper. Yep. Right, we tried it,
1: but let's try something else or let's try the way in which the student's accessing it. I mean, that question in itself, it kind of like, You have an Apple, do you have an iPhone or do you have an Android? Or do you have, do you like Google Docs or do you like Microsoft Word? And even within that, like there's so many built in accessibility features. So depending on what the students have access to, whether it be at home or at school, uh, you can find a lot of tools, whether it be an app, an extension, a program specific or of software and trying like exactly what you just said, trying different ones out and giving it some time too. So, you know, to collect some data and get that feedback and figure out, okay, what did work and were there things that were successful or were there things that were not successful? And I didn't really think about why did that not work and, you know, are there steps that we can take to try to resolve those issues or to get a better plan in place, to get a specific approach that the student feels comfortable with? I mean, even... Being able to advocate for the, themselves within the classroom. And I have access to these tools, you know, and to make sure that the student feels comfortable talking and making sure they have access to the parts in the different classrooms.
0: So good. Katie, I mm-hmm. mean, incredible. I wish that I felt better and that and I hadn't spent so much time being silly before we hit record because I want to make this like a four hour. Oh my gosh, that's funny that we're teasing about it because we're on different <laughs> time zones. And so I said to Katie, oh, we need to finish at noon because I have a noon appointment. Katie was like, oh, my God, are we recording for three hours? Because she's in California and I'm in Kentucky. Anyway, I wish that we could record for three hours. Will you come back for real? Absolutely. I would love to. Absolutely. Tell Tell people where to find you and what you do. How can you help my audience?
1: So you can find me on Instagram. At, so it's very long, but um, you can search for Katie LaRue or Assistive Technology for Dyslexia. I'm also on Facebook as well. And uh, my website is assistivetechnologyfordyslexia.com. And basically what I try to do is make assistive technology more accessible for students so, um, and families so that it doesn't feel as overwhelming and um, taking a step-by-step approach so you can think about all those different things, but I can help you through that process. So I provide step-by-step trainings. I also provide professional development and workshops for parents and students and teachers. My trainings also, I try to approach it so that the student is doing everything on their own device. So yes, I can demonstrate. I can show you, okay, this is how you do it. But I know that you could also Google that. And I know that you could find that on your own. However, Having me as your assistant technology coach to help support you um, along the way. So I help students actually install the apps to create all those settings that work with them, help parents with the implementation as well as the teacher so that you can start to learn about the different tools that are out there, but then also how you can advocate for them and just empower yourself too. So the student feels comfortable with the tools as well as the parents and the teachers, again, that whole collaboration
0: so good and like if you, you can't tell katie is she's got this whole socal vibe going on and she's so chill she's so beautiful she's so great and as a parent whose kid uses assistive technology i went to like ram it down his throat like put your finger here ask for this do, do this do that and i then watch our jenny who is our helper with at and i'm like if only i could be more like jenny So you need a Katie in your lives because you might be trying to act more like me and control your child's communication. So there's always that. Ashley, thanks so much for
1: joining us. Thank you so much for having me.